and welcome to this week's episode of Brain Fart. I am Maddie. I am your host. And today we have another special guest. I am really excited to have this person on the show. They've actually been on the show before in the really, really early days of Brain Fart. So if you were listening, gosh, probably the first, I think it's like the fourth or fifth episode. It's really, really early, but she came on then to talk about an experience involving me. But today I have her on to talk about her own experience. And it is my wonderful friend, Sarah Libby. Hi, Sarah. Hi. How are Hi, Maddie. You? How are you? <laughs> I'm very good. I'm excited to be here. It's been, a, I mean, it's been a while. Yeah, I'm excited to have you back. It's probably been, how long have I been doing this? Two years? Three Two years? years? It's, uh, yeah, I think it's almost three years now. Wow, that's wild. We are, uh, we're recording this long distance because that's, that's the way of the world right now. <laughs> Sarah's in New Hampshire, I'm in New Jersey, but I, it's very nice because the program I usually record on with guests is usually just, um, uh, what is it, audio? But they just introduced this new video aspect. So I get to see Sarah, which is very nice. See, so nice. See her lovely face as I talk to her. But yeah, so I brought Sarah on and we're going to have a little chat about mental health and what that's like during a pandemic and just kind of catch up in that area, I guess. Yeah. Sarah is I'm Yeah, I'm excited too. Sarah, a little introduction with Sarah. She is an actress, actor. Um we went to school together for undergrad. <clears throat> Pardon. We went to school in undergrad together. We were both in the musical theater major and we mm -hmm. became quick friends and we did shows together and She's about to move back to the city, which is very exciting because she'll be closer to me and I <laughs> will be. Able yeah, that's to the her. only perk. I think that really I, the main objective of moving back to that area was to be closer to you. Yeah, yeah, that's really moved, the reason. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, you were rude and uh, went to grad school really far away. So um, yeah. <clears throat> now we got a lot of catching up to do. Yeah, so. we do. I can't believe I. I can't believe it's been that long. You said we were talking, uh, we were chatting a bit before this recording and you said something talking about seeing other classmates of ours and saying, yeah, it's been two years. It's and I two years. can't believe that. That's, <laughs> that's wild to me that we, I haven't been in that space of my life for like two and a half years yeah holy cow we're old what can I say we're old we're getting we're old we're getting up there <laughs> in our ages no I mean it is funny I do um right now so uh at the end of the summer I'll be moving back to the city um but as of right now I'm working with uh the palace theater their youth department um and I'm I work with kids a couple times a week, uh, anywhere from ages eight to 18. And I truly feel a little outdated. They'll, t they'll just talk about like stuff on TikTok and everything. And I'm like, okay, I, 
I true I truly don't know what they're talking about sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, it's look. I'm on TikTok, but I'm yeah, on a very specific. <laughs> I'm on cleaning and gardening TikTok. <laughs> gardening <laughs> is one of my TikTok. Yeah, I'm on gardening too. I'm yeah, not, I'm not quite on cleaning. I'm on weird. I have lots of animals. Mm-hmm, me too. Uh, lots yep. of gardening. I have a lot of cooking, and then I have like a lot of weird <laughs> memes. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that's that's fun. Okay, shall we get into this? <laughs> Don't be sorry. This is what I live for. Um, yeah. So let's let's just jump right into why I brought you on the show. I mm-hmm. want to start just with the question of what is your, I guess, I want to clinical, My sitch? actual. Yeah. What's your sitch? What's your what's your diagnosis? My diagnosis. Okay, so I was diagnosed with um, clinical depression when I was 15. Um, So I've been on and off medication and, you know, finding my balance ever since then. I'm now going to be 24 this year. Uh, And then when I was in college, I got, um, I was diagnosed with anxiety. Um, So, but there is a history of, uh, bipolar disorder in my family um and so for a while we were just and it comes out like kind of in your early 20s so we were keeping an eye out for that but uh, I'm good so far um not a ton of mania so uh yep I take I take daily medication for depression and anxiety and um I'm not in therapy currently but um yeah nice okay yeah yeah I kind of remember talking about that and thinking about the possibility of bipolar disorder when we were in college Mm -hmm. that was kind of a thing that we would talk about and chat about just it's a very strange thing when you're kind of waiting to see if something will happen Mm -hmm. and a lot of feelings there yeah it's (laughs) interesting things but I kind of wanted to ask how what led to the diagnosis? How did it come about? How, cause that's 15 is pretty young. Mm-hmm. So I just was curious as to what was kind of happening, especially at that young age were people really receptive to you finding treatment or were people kind of blowing it off? Like, Oh, you're young. Like you're, you get sad. It's your hormones, that type of thing. Um, I was, uh, a very high functioning um, teenager. Um, I was in uh, AP classes and I was doing a lot of extracurriculars and I'm, you were the exact same way. Um, and I was just busy all of the time and I that's how I lived my life. And mm. then it's like I I think it started because I, I was struggling at school. I didn't have a lot of friends at school um, and I didn't I wasn't on any teams or anything and I just, I had a really hard time and I was really unhappy and, um, my parents were, I really have to credit them. They were very receptive and saw what was happening. And I was always, I was up early. I was, you know, I was always doing stuff and then I was sleeping for 14 hours, you know, Hmm. and that was just so not me and uh very out of the ordinary and so I 
my mom was the one that was like, I think we should go see the doctor and see and, you know, talk about what you're going through right now. And so at first, um, I was sent to just like a talk therapist, talk about that. Um, and that helped a little bit. Uh, and then, um, after a couple of months of that, we talked about medication and I started at a very low dosage. Um, and we played around with, you know, different brands and stuff because everybody's body chemistry is different, of course. Um, and I would say it was like a good year, um, before I kind of found my groove. Yeah. And, um, I'm sure if anybody's listening that has struggled with this in the past, you know, it's a lifelong thing. Once you go into different phases of your life, what, you know, uh, of course, a worldwide pandemic doesn't help, but it's, you know, it's an ever-changing thing. And, um, you know, I'm changing all the time. I'm, you know, maturing and growing. And with that, you know, my needs are different. So, you know, started out and my, yeah, I really have to credit my parents because they were very receptive to like, oh, that's not normal, you know? Yeah. Because <clears throat> when it's happening to you, you don't, you know, you think it's only you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really, that's amazing that they were able to spot that and give you what you needed. Mm -hmm. Did you find that when you went to college, do you think that was kind of um, a trigger, a spark for the anxiety? Oh, totally. Um, I, then I went, so yeah, so I, so I started taking medication when I was 15. Then when I was um, my senior year of uh, high school, my mom went on strike uh, for about five months, um, right when I was leading into <clears throat> where it would have been my college application process, my college audition process, everything, and the money just wasn't there. Mm. Um, and that was, you know, that's what happens. Uh, so I was planning on just postponing college for a year um and then I ended up last minute applying to Montclair you know everything works out it was great um so I when I first went to college I think that I wasn't totally mentally ready for it yeah. um and uh you know as much as I was so happy to like be in the space and be doing what we were doing and I I, I you know I wouldn't change a thing I, I I loved where I ended up and I love what we do um but it was a high anxiety, high pressure, you know, working all of the time, you know, you're surrounded by people all the time. I, I was living with two other girls in a very small space too. So, you yeah. know, you don't have a lot of alone time. And I think that I just felt uh, just an unbelievably high pressure to like perform. And it just was affecting me and affecting how I thought about myself. And, you know, I had kind of had to check myself a little bit and say, this isn't normal, you know? So we go back to the doctor and discuss it and, you know, started trying out anxiety medications for that and, uh, found something that works for me. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. Yeah. And I've talked about it on the podcast before, but mm -hmm. the, the things we go through in theater school, it's very rigorous. It's rigorous for your emotions. It's rigorous for your, it's physically rigorous. Like everything you're doing 
is intense. Your emotions are going from highs to lows to we're going to be really sad and figure out our deepest, darkest secrets and then share them with each other in a space that sometimes doesn't like we might think it feels safe, but upon looking back, maybe not so much. And then you're going to go from that to pretending like you're an animal in this class to then going to three hours of tap class that's intense cardio to then going to rehearsal for five hours to then get up and do it all over again. And so I <laughs> I can definitely see how that can spark something and affect you in think, such a way. And years now, looking back on it, I think that overall, I'm kind of a private person. I'm, I like to keep, you know, just that's just how I've always been. Mm -hmm. Um, takes me a little bit to open up to people and the level of vulnerability that was being asked of me immediately where, you know, I think it was one of our first, like, it was a couple weeks into school where we had to like talk about one of some of the most traumatic things that have ever happened to us Mm -hmm. in front of this group of strangers. And I, um, and that's, actually what happened like we that was the assignment um not not even joking and I think that maybe I wasn't even really ready to be that vulnerable with myself and being flung into that while there were definite pros to it I think it just uh for me I I wasn't I didn't have the healthiest relationship with how I was thinking of myself and that was and so that kind of sent me spiraling a little bit yeah and me and martin have actually talked martin's my partner for people who are listening for the first time we have talked about theater school and how a lot of the times they expect us to open up as if it is like a therapy session in a therapy setting without having the proper people there to protect us and give us what we need in those situations under the guise that this is good for us because it's going to build bonds that will make you a better actor and make you a better person. And I'm not saying like, I have a lot of feelings about theater school and I'm not here to bash it, but I'm just saying like that creates a really vulnerable like whirlpool that you're being sucked into. And I think it can be dangerous and it can be harmful. And I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel. Like, there's a lot of feelings because, like, I wouldn't change most of the things about school. I would maybe, like, change a couple (laughs) things that happened. But uh, because welcome to life. But I don't know. It's like (laughs) it's it's one of those things where it's like I know there were bad things that happened, but there were also incredible, beautiful things that happened. And so it's this weird it's this weird feeling. But I well, and to piggyback off of that, I the reason that I went on that journey of finding the right balance of, you know, self-care that I needed to continue school was because I wanted to be there. You know, nothing's perfect. Life is not perfect. And now I'm not in school and I'm still, you know, figuring out the best way to take care of myself. And it's just, you do, I, the reason that I did it was because I wanted to be there. Exactly. And we like what we do. Yeah. I do. Yeah. <laughs> so that that makes sense. I did going kind of back to your journey, your story. Mm-hmm. How were you doing 
leading up to COVID and the pandemic? Like, obviously, like you said, there are ups (laughs) and downs and like we are changing as people constantly, like our human anatomy is changing. I was thinking about that when you were talking about it. I was like, of course, you have to constantly be adjusting meds because we're constantly like changing. Like our bodies Mm -hmm. are becoming new and figuring things out and going through like puberties and things like that. So that like really resonated with me when you said that. But I was wondering like how, how were things leading up to the pandemic? Did you feel like you had a grasp on it? Um, leading up to the pandemic, I had, (laughs) so for context, I graduated college, I moved home and I worked, uh, just to, I needed to save up to move to the city. So I had, uh, recently moved back to, uh, New York and I was in the city, uh, auditioning. I was back doing that and I was, uh, I felt good. I was uh, adjusting to a new life. Like I was, I had just moved to a new place. I had only been there for like two and a half months. Um, I was living with friends and, you know, young people and, you know, figuring out my life. And then COVID happened and everything just kind of stopped. Um, so that was very jarring. Um, and I think I did the thing that everybody did where I was like, oh, I'm going to get out of, I'm going to put everything on hold for two weeks while we go into quarantine and then everything's going to be fine, I guess. Um, And obviously that's not how it happened, but um, I was, I was pretty good. I was level. I felt okay. Yeah. Once I'm. And Um, then COVID hit. And then, and then COVID happened. And I think uh, the, uh, the turning point was, um, a very specific day in April of 2020, I think, when um, it, it was the Broadway shutdown. Like it was, oh. it, it was shut down for like the next like six months. Or do you remember that first announcement? Yeah, where they're yeah, like, oh so. yeah, we're not coming back for a long time. Yeah. Um, and the re- the, it, I felt like my world just kind of like came crumbling down. Not that I was waiting on a Broadway contract, but I was like, oh, Broadway isn't happening. That means all the national tours that I was auditioning for aren't happening, which means that, you know, these non-ec theaters aren't happening Mm -hmm. and blah, 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 blah. And it just, it was awful because I, you know, you, I I lost my sense of identity a little bit as we all did. Um, And I just, I felt very directionless. I had so much free time. Yeah. Um, I wasn't employed at the time because I had just moved back. Um, I was in New Hampshire. I, I was a, far away from all of my friends and my like support group and everything. And I just, it was, I, it was a hard time. So I've really gone on a journey this year trying to just feel level and good. And, um, it's been a, it's been a long year. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting because I've seen, our friends post about it and mm-hmm. everything with the Broadway shutdown and the the year anniversary of the Broadway shutdown happened a couple weeks ago, I think. In March, I think. It, yeah. Was it March? Or I don't maybe know. Maybe a couple months. Time flies. Um, time is nothing. Time doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember seeing those posts on like 
Facebook or uh or what's the Instagram and thinking I was like what the Instagram the Instagram <laughs> um but I remember thinking I was like why why do I feel like I don't remember that and that I wasn't super affected by that and I think it was because I was in grad London. school at the time yeah. and so I was really disconnected from the professional world because I was very much in like the school mindset and I I lucked out in that way like yeah our schooling changed but I was still able to do theater and we were talking Mm -hmm. about this a little bit before we started recording how I was still able to do performance shows kind of in the thick of things just because things were a little different in London and we were taking the proper precautions and like things were different. Like we had to wear masks on stage and we couldn't get within six feet of each other if we didn't have a mask, which makes acting mm-hmm. really a Horrible. really different thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I feel like I didn't quite feel the weight of that moment hit me. And so it's really interesting hearing that from you be the moment and I think now it's hitting me more and I will have days now where I think oh my gosh the entire industry I've been training for 10 years for is closed not to mention like has lots of faults like everything I that's the other thing with this year is yeah we had a global pandemic but like we also had a real national awakening I think with mm-hmm. like the Black Lives Matter movement and the AAIP like all of those mm-hmm. we had a call we had a I, <laughs> I think that there's been a, an awakening about what needs to be represented in theater and art yeah. and film and um it's been so interesting and to learn about and I feel that I've, you know, we've all learned so much this year and it's exciting to get back into it. And it's just, yeah, that's why it was, it was so hard. It was just, you know, you said you train 10 years to do it. And I felt like the um, family member that was like, oh, she did theater. You know what I mean? Like I was all, I, I, was always a high achieving kid. I always worked really hard. Like I, I, you know, I, I consider myself to be a really hard worker and it just, it was one of those things where I, family members that just, they meant so well, they really mm-hmm. meant the best. And yet they just were like, Oh, you know, sweetie, like this is so hard that this happened to you. And it's just like, I had a couple of months where I was like, am I the failure? kid yeah is that me like (laughs) is that who I'm becoming right now um and anybody that isn't kind of in theater and in this realm probably doesn't really relate to that but I anybody that I've talked to this year kind of felt the exact same way where it was like I I promise I'm not a loser like (laughs) yeah well I mean I remember feeling bad that my parents had to tell people that I was going to college for musical theater yeah (laughs) Like, I remember feeling guilty for them. Like, oh, I'm so... I was like, it was a good... It's a good school, I promise. Yeah, like, like I, <laughs> you haven't heard of it, but for musical theater, it's, like, in the top it's... ten. <laughs> but I remember, like, having 
feeling bad that my parents had to do that because I didn't want people to think, oh, that's so nice that you're letting her pursue her dreams or like, oh, that's and like there is a privilege to be able to pursue theater absolutely in college like it's just the way it is it I have a lot of feelings about a lot of things but like education yeah okay but (laughs) I'm not gonna go into my like soapbox feel of like oh they don't make theater (laughs) school accessible to people um but we'd be here all day we'd be here all day um (laughs) (laughs) but and like I so I understand that but I it was this weird guilt of I'm sorry mom and dad that you have to tell people this and only when I got into Lambda for my master's degree in classical acting did I start to feel like proud of the work I was doing because it had masters and maybe classical acting tacked onto it Mm -hmm. and also I will say that all of the feelings that I was feeling about being like the failure kid was I would say 70% in my head too same because here. I was projecting my insecurities that I was feeling onto others in my interaction. So I will say that. Yeah. But it just, it, you know, once you, what is that? What, if we really have to bring it full circle musical theater, like from chorus line, like once you can't, if you're a dance and you can't dance, if you're a dancer and you can't dance anymore, like, what are you? Yeah. You know, like you, we went to school for theater. I trained my, that was what I was going to do. And then I, it just wasn't available anymore. So, um, that brought on a huge depressive episode. Yeah. Um, which was really hard. Um, and you know, there were a lot of days that I, I just, when I go into a depressive episode, normally what that means for me is I sleep a lot. I have no energy. I um, I consider myself to be a really active person. I like to be active. I like to run and work out and be outside and do all of that. I don't want to do any of that. I um, super negative thoughts about myself and everything around me. Um, you know, sometimes I... I call it zombie mode, mm. uh, where I, I'll get up and go to a different room and I don't remember how I got there. Um, just like disassociating all of that. And, um, that was really hard. It was like, probably like a good month where I just was not properly taking care of myself. And I was just like ruminating in that depressive episode. Um, and that was really hard. Um, But also it was because it felt like the world was ending. It just, I felt like I couldn't stop it. Yeah. You know, I was like there, look, because that was, I mean, Trump was still in office, not to bring that into it too, but it was just, it felt like every day there was more bad news. Yeah, it was, Um, it was, it felt like it was constantly piling up last year for sure. Yeah. Um, So that was really hard. And so... When was that? Um, oh, so also, I've been going to the same doctor since I was a baby. <laughs> I was still not to brag end, or anything. I, not to brag or anything, but at this time last year, I was still seeing my childhood pediatrician just because we have like the best relationship. He's amazing. Like, 
and I didn't want to see another doctor. I knew that I needed to change eventually. Yeah, but there's but, a comfort. I talk about that all the time, finding new doctors and finding the comfort. And it's really hard because you have to go through a it's lot. It's very hard. And if you have that comfortability with someone, like you're going to want to stay with them. Okay, side tangent over. Go into it. <laughs> exactly. But um, so I kind of had a moment of like, okay, I'm not good. You know, I wasn't taking care of myself. I, my body health wasn't good. I you know, it just, it was bad. And so I, <laughs> I called my doctor's office. And so this was also the time where it was very hard to get seen by a doctor for anything other than COVID really. Yeah. <laughs> like it was, it was, it was very hard to get in to see a doctor. And I um, called and I was uh, just looking to talk to him. Um, and I called the office and they said, oh, you know, he's actually on extended leave. Um, and I, he's, he's taken a leave, a leave of absence. And I said, well, you know what? Um, excuse me. Uh, and do, do you know when he'll be back? And, um, they said, no, actually we don't have any information on that. Um, and so I freaked out and I was like, okay. So I went to like my patient portal and I sent him a message through that, uh, cause that's normally how I would have talked to him just through college and everything. You know, we had that. So I said, because it had been a couple of months since I had been in touch with him. Yeah. And I sent him a message and I didn't hear anything back. And so I just said, oh, my God, like, I don't know what to do now. And so I just uh, kind of put feelers out for a new doctor. And then I was I tried um, getting into the place where uh, the rest of my family goes, because, you know, I at the time and still right now I'm living with my parents and my sister, um, in New Hampshire. Um, and, uh, so I tried calling their office to get in to see their doctor and I called for weeks. I called, I, you know, it just, it, there were no vacancies. Nobody was taking new patients. No, you know, just, yeah, it was the worst. And so, and I did the thing where, you know, Oh, that, my mom goes here, or my, you know, my sister goes here and they said that they could get me in or blah, blah, blah. And they'd all say, Oh yeah, sure. You'll, you know, we'll give you a call back. And I never hear anything. And I, <laughs> I was going to work. I, at that time I had started working at the theater in town yeah. and I was driving to work in the morning and I was on the phone with <laughs> my mother again. Like she just, <laughs> I think the overall, arch of this episode is that my mother will come through for me. Um, and I was just on the phone with her and I was sobbing because I hadn't had my medication. I, I didn't have any refills yet. I was just, I, I was at the end of my rope. I was not functioning. Um, I was not a high functioning human anymore. And she just said enough is enough. And so she called the office and like, there's so much wrong with this interaction you know, but she just said, I'm a patient here. I know that my doctor can see this, can see my daughter, like, please let her have an appointment. Like she's not good. (laughs) You know, I don't, we don't want to get to a place where we need emergency help. So like, please, because I've been there before where I do need to go and get that emergency help. And I 
they, they gave me an appointment later that week. Oh, <laughs> oh, I, so, oh I hate it. And Libby's a queen. I'm glad you got an appointment, but I hate how it happened. <laughs> I hate I hated how it happened because I just it you know, and I'm sure you've you've talked about this. I know you've talked about this in the past, like advocating for yourself. Yeah. When you are not feeling well, when and you it feels awful when you get to a point where you can't advocate for yourself and you do need to lean on others to do that for you. Yeah. But, um, so finally got in, saw a doctor. Um, we did the mental health evaluation of where I was, you know, like, you know, do you feel like, a anybody who's gone through this kind of knows the questions. Do you feel like a failure? Do you feel like others are disappointed by you? Do you feel, are you feeling suicidal? Do you feel like you would, the world would be a better place without you, those sorts of questions. And, you know, you have to answer honestly, which doesn't feel good either. Um, and, you know, the doctor was like, okay, these are, that's not normal. That's not okay. Let's take care of you. Yeah. And so she's been fantastic mm. throughout this whole pandemic. Um, once I finally got in and she's been super um, accessible for me and has really trusted me and, and listened to what I feel with my body and how, you know, medication is affecting me because I have been on it as long as I have. And I do kind of understand my body chemistry a little bit more. Um, and so, yeah, I'm in a much better place now and she's fantastic. I'm so glad yeah. that <laughs> I'm just glad. I'm glad you're yeah. doing better and feeling better and, or, or at least like on the path to, and you have the resources Mm-hmm. to get to you it. yeah where you need to get because it's like it's a long process it's not like you went in and she was like oh you feel sad let's work and you were like oh whoa yeah the, I am magically better and I'll never have issues again like obviously we know that's not how this stuff works well also and anybody that does take something daily so I'm taking um I'm just gonna go into it why not yeah I'm on um 100 milligrams a day of uh Zoloft or the generic of Zoloft. And, um, I've tried out a lot of different, um, antidepressants like Lexpro and, you know, all of that. Um, and this was just the best fit for me. And then I take, um, Clonopin, uh, as a anti-anxiety medication. I really try not to take that daily just because, um, it is, uh, technically an addictive substance. Mm. Um, it can be. Um, so I do, uh, self-medicate um with uh marijuana I'm you know as I needed um if I just need something to calm me down go to sleep you know yeah that sort of stuff um which has worked for me again all different yep um but yeah uh anybody that has uh adjusted to an antidepressant or uh a mood stabilizer or a anti-anxiety medication as well the process of getting your body acclimated to those dosages can be hard depending and if the medication is wrong for your um brain chemistry it can also be very difficult um the side effects can be really hard um I remember I was in my senior year of school this was just a very like intense episode of it but I had just gotten my medication bumped up to like double the dosage. Um, and I was going up in our audition tech class. I don't know if you remember this, but I don't I, know if I do either. 
no, um, maybe not, but I had, it was like my, like I, I was a weekend maybe, so my body was still kind of getting used to it. And the natural adrenaline of me going up in class, I got my heart racing a little bit because I was nervous. Um, and then I sat back down and my, I couldn't physically stop shaking. And I had to go out into the hallway for the rest of the class because my body, I had to get my heart rate down because my body was just like gyrating. And I couldn't take a foot. It was the weirdest thing. And I went back to my doctor afterwards and I asked if that was a, a normal sort of thing. And it can happen with your, once my heart rate got up, it was just like insane. Yeah. Um, I think other I, things that I think I vaguely remember that happening yeah I mean yeah. you know and so there's that and um you know when I was getting used to my dosages with the anti-anxiety medication like sometimes I I only need to take half because one time I took a whole one and I fell asleep, like I was just out of it you know yeah. and you feel like a little punch drunk and like there's a haze over your brain and you know it's it's really hard, you know, and sometimes you just, I still feel like I have a hazy brain sometimes where like, I, I need to hear things twice yeah. to really get it. I mean, you, I was like, same, <laughs> totally but for it. different reasons. <laughs> um, but it's, you know, it's just strange. Uh, but feeling good. Yay. I, yeah. I'm glad. Do you think, do you find is, okay. <laughs> Speaking of brains Brain fart. being hazy, <laughs> not working to their fullest potential, um, <laughs> do you, I just, <laughs> you know when you start a sentence with the wrong word and then you keep yeah. starting it with the wrong word and you're like, that's not what I'm trying to say, brains. What's so, that Michael Scott um, quote? He's like, sometimes I just start a sentence. I have no idea where it's going <laughs> feel that constantly yeah sometimes I just start a sentence period and then I don't finish it <laughs> that, and that's it that's usually that's what it. I do the amount of times I start a sentence and then jump to a completely different sentence and thought is yeah. too much um but what I was going to say is there anything obviously other than the medication and mm -hmm. things that you need to take that has helped you during quarantine with your mental health or that like brings oh, yeah. you comfort what what do you what do you think about that um that was a very loud. I liked it I think I'm gonna keep it in <laughs> so the loud. second it happened um, I was like yep that's staying <laughs> um yes there are definitely some things that help me and I there are definitely some things that don't help me that I have learned to avoid um uh obviously the isolation uh, only being surrounded by, I mean, I live with three other people and I think the person that I also see the most is my grandmother. Um, so that can be very hard. Um, so something that was very important for me was talking to friends more, like putting myself out there a little bit more, um, texting and stuff that was never, it's never been uh, easy for me, like just keeping in touch over the phone. Same here, yeah. Um, so really pushing myself to do that. Um, talking about what is happening in the world with other people um, was really important too, just because 
you know, at times you just feel like it's happening to you and it's not. So like leaning into that and embracing that like community aspect of it uh, is really helpful. Um, Staying active. I, I really hate that it was that like simple because it wasn't that simple for me, but really leaning into, I was always a very active person. I, you know, enjoyed being active. I was, I've skated since I was like three years old. It just like, it was always something that I did. And through the pandemic, there wasn't a lot of opportunity for it. You know, the gyms were closed. I wasn't taking class. I wasn't doing anything. And I was really unhappy. And I was like, I had to take a long look at it and say, what is missing from my schedule? And it was physical activity. So I, and that was really hard to get into the habit as well, but I really pushed myself to go for a walk or a run, be outside. I, I make myself do something every day, even if it's two minutes, even if it's just like a little ab session or a little something on my arms, or if it's two hours at the gym, whatever I can do. But letting, using that as my like physical exertion for any negative feelings I might be having is super helpful for me. I think Um, I current, sorry to cut you off, but that I think is like something I'm going through right now not Mm -hmm. having that physicality and things like going from really rigorous training where you're doing movement and you're stretching your body constantly and like you're just moving and walking and being on top of like dance and all of the other things I think I am missing that and like I Mm -hmm. used to I think about my routine and like I would get up every day and do like yoga and then some Pilates like whatever I could do and then go to a full day of like physical class mm-hmm. and then walk everywhere and go home and like just sitting inside all day is really I feel like I'm experiencing <laughs> what everyone experienced at the beginning of COVID mm-hmm. right now because I'm out of my program now so I'm like oh this yeah. is what your lifestyle has changed what people are going through but I definitely it is like hard to get back into physical things and like form those habits and form those routines again. And so that's definitely something I am looking to do more of as well. So just hearing you talk about it is inspiring me yet again. Absolutely. And I mean, anybody that is listening to this or, you know, even for you, something that really helped me motivate me to do it and to bring that structure back into my life is really just frame it in a really positive light. Like it's not, it's not inconvenient for me to go for a 20 minute run. You know, it's, I have the opportunity to make myself feel better. Yeah. Like I know at the end of it, I'm going to feel good. I'm going to, you know, feel accomplished and I'm, my head's going to be a little bit more clear and I'm, I have the opportunity to do that for myself. And you know, what a missed opportunity to not take care of myself. Yeah. Um, and so that come framing it in that mindset has been really, really helpful for me. Um, just with, you know, everything overall, keeping a clean space doing, you know, that also helps me, um, as well being in an organized, clean space. Yes. (laughs) Um, the depression den is what I call it when you get really bad and everything just sorts sort of piles up. You don't do your laundry. You don't, you don't bathe. You don't do, you know, the ugly side of depression where you're just not taking care of yourself. Um, so there's that. And then also, I mean, I love working with my hands. I've never been a sit behind the desk, like computer work person. That's just, I, 
I'm too antsy. Yeah. Um, so I've really, I choreograph for kids. So I really like push, put a lot into that. I create content for kids. Um, but also I started cooking more. Um, I really, I did too. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I've, I've never been big in the kitchen. Like I, we, we aren't like a big cooking family. Um, it was never fun for me, but it's been, because I have so much time on my hands, I've really tried to like, and I do have allergies too. So I've really tried to experiment more in the kitchen, find out what I like, find out what, you know, easy meals that I can make and the, you know, healthy stuff that, you know, feels good going into my body. Um, so I've been doing that. I've also, I, <laughs> I got a used, um, sewing machine and I oh, really nice. tried to, yeah. Um, I'm trying to get better with alterations and stuff because it's tailoring is really expensive. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, my, uh, I cleaned up my parents' basement last summer too. And I found a big bin of clothes from the eighties. Um, and there's some really cool stuff in there. So I'm just trying to tailor some stuff to make it more wearable for me. Um, what a fun project. And just, yeah, really fun projects. Yeah. Just things that I can do with my hands and um, just like put my time and energy into. Because the thing for me is when, when I'm alone and when I have time to think, it's bad. Yeah. Um, I, I do this thing called uh, catastrophizing yeah. where I will think of a situation um, I, I'm going into a, a room of strangers for the first time. Or I, I was recently, I recently started a job at a restaurant as a bartender and it was going to be my first a shift. And I, the night before I was thinking about my first shift and I said, okay, so I'm going to walk in there. Everybody's going to hate me. Um, nobody's going to like me. I'm not going to make any friends. I'm going to mess up everything on my first day. I'm going to get fired. I'm going to get embarrassed in front of I'm going to spill you know, drinks on everyone and everybody's, you know, and it's, it's just cycling. Yeah. And it's so harmful and it's me doing it to myself. Mm -hmm. So I really had to find hobbies that I can just put all of me into that I I can't just be thinking about everything in the background. Yeah. I think with, me during this time I'm really learning how to rest I talk about it a lot on my Instagram page I make a lot of posts about rest and finding time to rest and I think that's because I'm coming out of such intense like an intense life really Mm -hmm. and figuring out like how to take a break without feeling guilty that I'm not doing something and like we vaguely talked about it Sarah and um like the laziness Mm-hmm. Yeah, I basically, yeah, and I would love because I am currently reading a book with my partner Martin called "Laziness Does Not Exist," and I am finding like we are only a couple chapters in, and I'm already finding it so helpful, and it like really resonates with me everything that is being said in it. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, it's really finding the time to rest and not wanting to force myself to do things because a lot of the times, like I have a lot of hobbies that I like, like I really like German and learning German. 
the language. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're amazing at it, so it makes sense. <laughs> but like, I re- like that's really interesting to me. And I mm-hmm. recently purchased a banjo that I like have had started to learn how to play during quarantine that I really am excited about. And I love to paint. And there are things that I love to do. But there's also a part of me that immediately wants to be good at them and to monetize it. Yes, both of those things. Exactly. It's what I did with my painting. And like, it's this concept that my hobbies are turning into chores. Like even when I was doing yoga every morning at school, it became a chore that I just needed to cross off my list instead of something Mm -hmm. that I enjoyed doing and wanted to do. And so I think now for me is I like hear the things you're saying and I know the things that I want to do. And occasionally I'll feel guilt like, oh, my gosh, a really expensive instrument is just sitting on my shelf and I'm not playing it. And I'm not learning German, so I'm getting worse and I am not painting, so I'm not getting better. Like, how am I supposed to improve these things if I'm not doing it? But then when I do it, it feels like a chore. It's this whole cycle in my head. And I think the well, mm-hmm. the point of it is just learning that I am burnt out and learning that I need to take a break and to rest and to let that rejuvenate my creativity and my want to create instead of forcing it because it feels like it needs to be done or because if I do it, I have to be good at it instead of just doing it for the joy of it. And mm-hmm. so I think it's really interesting and I'm excited to get back to the point where it is enjoyable and fun and a beautiful thing for me to do and to join you in crafting and yeah I think that's fantastic yeah so it's I mean so a big thing for me um was kind of re-adjusting how I thought about things like that where I I also love to be creative I love to work with my hands I love to garden I love to do all of that and when you're not finding the same satisfaction and stuff like that you need something that really helped me is to reevaluate who I was doing it for yeah because um you know I sorry I just lost my train of thought that's okay uh that's but... a, that's a common occurrence on this show <laughs> <laughs> yeah just reevaluating who you're doing it for though because at the end of the day I mean I me being good at sewing or me gardening, it's for me. Like, it's not for anyone else. And once I, I mean, this is a good way to bring in this counterpoint of what hasn't helped me over uh, this whole pandemic is social media. Um, I had to delete, like, I had to delete apps off of my phone for, I'd say, three months. You know, I just, I, I was at a point where I felt like I wasn't doing enough. Um, Mm -hmm. and every time I opened social media, I felt like I was reading everybody's achievements or what was going on in other people's lives. And I felt because I was stuck, um, in a place where I didn't feel like my life had a lot of forward motion, I really resented it and it made me feel really bad about myself and I kind of had to check myself um and just say I'm at a point where this isn't helpful anymore and I'm just doing it to you know no one's forcing me to be on Instagram yeah like I can I can easily not be on Instagram and not do this to myself um and so that was really helpful uh and 
you know, I now have my apps back on my phone and, uh, now I'm excited to see what people are up to because I'm excited to see what people are up to, yeah, you know, what, yeah. I, you know, it's, I was resenting other people's achievements because of how I felt about my own life. And that wasn't a healthy mindset. Yeah. So just taking the time away was really helpful. Um, and I'm excited to get to a point where I'm excited to share stuff on Instagram again, yeah. you know? Yeah, so. That's how it should be. It's not, but it's how it should be. <laughs> yeah, that, exactly. And that's, I can only be in control of what I do. Yeah. So that's how I'm going to use the app. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> yeah, it's, I think that, I mean, we've talked about, we've had kind of an awakening in the theater space. We've had an awakening in Hollywood. We've had an awakening in the country about, you know, what needs to be represented and I think overall we need inclusion and representation and positivity yeah and that's how I want to move forward on social media and apps so taking that time to decide that for me was really important yeah I love that I think I think I might leave that there I think so, too. Yeah, I think this is a good place to end yeah. our chat. I am so happy to have you back on the show. I love Thank you for having talking me. with you, first of all, just because not only are you a good friend, but you're smart and insightful. And I think you offer so much to not only this <laughs> podcast, but the world. And thank you so much. That's how wow. I feel. <laughs> and I just I'm very happy to be here. I'm so happy that I can't believe you're on your third anniversary. Like I'm I remember when you we were talking about doing this for the yeah, first time. Yeah. <laughs> so it's so cool to see where it's come from. And I really appreciate you having me because I do feel like I've grown a lot this year and I think that mental health is so important. And I think mm -hmm. that mental illness is such a trigger word um in this country and it makes uh people seem less than or not capable and I think that that's just not the case and I love to educate and talk about it and I hope that moving forward people are just more open about it yeah I mean I definitely had to do a lot of like checking myself and feeling like what I thought about it and where those feelings came from and what I held against it and for it and mm -hmm. kind of the whole idea so it's really I love talking about it. I think these things need to be represented more. Obviously, like, we have to have more representation out there of all things. Yeah, and of all things, I think it's good. It's a good chat. So thank you. Thank you Yay. for coming on the show. Uh, you, I was going to say, like, you can find Sarah on <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> but <laughs> not really, not really. <laughs> you can find brain fart Catch yeah plug the brain fart yeah. I mean you can find me on YouTube if you want <laughs> oh my gosh Sarah has incredible videos on YouTube she is such an incredible <laughs> singer like that little mermaid clip <laughs> she, she blew up <laughs> she yeah if you want yeah get the views up Go find me, Sarah Jane Libby. Why not? Whatever. Uh, I love <laughs> it's it. from a couple of years ago. Just for <laughs> the joy of your ears getting to hear such beauty, that would be. <laughs> I love listening to Sarah. Ah! <laughs> <laughs>
Okay. Um, okay. But if you want to find Brain Fart, you uh, can find me, Brain Fart Podcast, Brain Fart Podcast, Brain Fart Podcast.com or Brain Fart Podcast on Instagram or Brain Fart Podcast on Facebook. Or, and I just started Pinterest. Um, yeah. Because it's really easy to just cross post to Pinterest. Cool. And so I'm like interested in like going on there and seeing if I like have quotes about things that I like or I don't know I'm like I don't know try that out a little bit so you can find me there too uh yeah those are the things if you want to get in touch you want to chat like I'm I'm always open to talk people will dm me or we have lately people have been commenting on my instagram posts and that's like really that's been really exciting for me because it feels like a community and it feels like people are chatting and we have we have good chats. Everyone's nice and offers great insight. And like sometimes people will like plug, not like plug things, but be like, oh, this app really helps me. And I don't know. I've, it's very fun. It's fun. It's a fun way to use social media. Um, so yeah, that is that. Sarah is wonderful. And I will let Sarah do the outro fart. Sarah actually is featured. You and That's me. You and Lizzie have done a lot of the in the beginning outro farts are a lot of mm-hmm. you ladies which is which is very nice but ha- let's have a let's have a um what's that called a, not a revamp uh i don't know the word i'm looking for actually i don't know either i really actually you want me to do a fart noise though? yeah that's what I, I want <laughs> <laughs> that's what the people All right, want I will, let's give it to them <laughs> i will uh talk to you folks oh sorry that i missed a week i got my second vaccine <laughs> sorry sorry that i this was supposed to be like two weeks ago um but i had my second vaccine and had a little bit of sickness but it was actually not that bad and i just let it slip and you know vaccine was important and we're here now <laughs> so sure are. i will talk to you all in another two weeks with a solo episode and then we will have another wonderful interview after that but for now sarah have a great what, what do i say have a great time wherever it is you are hit it <laughs> i liked the residual too at the end <laughs> <laughs>